Praise the Lord. I don't want you to go. I have my own song. You didn't practice it, but you can play it. I'm going to play it. You hear it so you can. I'm going to play it here. Secret meeting. <laughs> Once you pick it. Sweet Father, Amen, Amen. Oh Lord, I pray, Hallelujah. Bless my sweet Father, Amen, Amen. Oh Lord, I pray, Hallelujah. Bless my sweet Father, You come, I come. Enjoy being a father. Being a father is not always easy, but you need to enjoy it. Can I hear amen? Yes, yes you need to enjoy it because God gives us everything richly to what? Enjoy. You must enjoy being a father. You need to enjoy being a mom. You need to enjoy being a Christian. You don't have to apologize for it. Can I hear amen? Yes. yes. Actually, the Lord spoke to me and said, Do you know you need to enjoy being a father? I said, Really? Say yes. I gave you all things to enjoy. I made you a father to enjoy. I didn't give you to enjoy it. So regardless of what happens in your life, enjoy your life. If you believe that, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Yes, enjoy being a father. Thank God for being a father. Proud that you are a father. Always enjoy you are a father. Give God glory being a father. Eat your dinner, your lunch, your supper. Being a father. And then... That being a father will become a blessing to people. Praise the Lord. You know, I had a problem t- preaching this morning because what God taught me, I was struggling 
all night how to convey to you. You know, something you know, sometimes it's not easy to convey. I struggle. I pray and say, Lord, how do I convey this? It's something you've had, but no revelation is different from here. But I pray that the Lord will help us. Father, I just want to thank you for what you want to tell us this morning. It's an amazing revelation. One of the most, most wonderful revelations that any man can get. And when we get it, we run with it. Lord, we live in glory. Trust your spirit to open our eyes. Father, there is no way anybody can understand this except to open our eyes. We can read it. We can preach it. We can quote it. It can be information until you open our eyes and make it life and spirit. Lord, do that this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Let me turn off my phone because it's been busy since morning, Father's Day. It can start ringing here right now. Thank you. So happy Father's Day, everybody. I feel very excited. Did you notice that? I really feel very excited. I mean, it's amazing. It's really, really amazing. If, if God shows you something, it's amazing. Honestly, very amazing. So this morning we are going to focus on what our theme for Father's Day. And that theme is honoring the Father. What is the theme? Honoring the Father. Our text is Luke chapter 2, verse 51. It says, then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. This is our Lord Jesus. He returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. In other words, he lived in honor of his parents. First of all, who is a father? A male parent. A male what? A female is not a father. God created the male and what? The church must not be confused. We don't have to apologize for scripture because that's the word of God. It is yea and amen. It is settled in heaven. No authority, no power, no sentiment, no human being can override God. Can I hear amen? God made them male and what? Female. You don't have to agree with that junk out there. And that's not, it's not hatred. Look, if I disagree with you, it doesn't mean I hate you. You disagree with me. Do you hate me? So why should I hate you? Disagreement is always all over. And you can't compromise your faith. You must have to make up your mind. Either to be a Christian or what? They, think they, are, they are so proud of what they are doing. Why shouldn't you be proud of your own? God made them what? Male and female. No woman is a father. Men don't have womb. Hey, it's abomination. Men don't have womb. And you don't have to apologize for it. All these strange things just started coming. Genesis 5. Verse 1. 
This is the book of the generation of Adam in the day that God created man. In the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created him. Case closed. So a father is a male, a male parent. A female parent is a mother. That's why we have Mother's Day, Father's Day. We don't apologize for that. Those who play a father's role in your life are also fathers. They may not be your biological father, but they are, all, they are fathers to you. So a male father, a male parent, biological father, or somebody who is not even biological father, but plays a major role in your life as a father. Because this is wonderful, so that nobody can be left without a father. So if you lost your father early, we just have empathized with you, but God has given you a, a what? A father. We had the testimony, our beloved brother, okay, sharing how they lost their father, which is a very, very, very sad thing to happen to anybody. But their mother, have told them to listen to an elderly man in, the, in their village or where they live. He said, the wisdom that man taught us helped me in life. So God provided them another. God, God will never leave you vacuum. He will find somebody for you. He will always do that. But if you know, and then you tap into that, you will see that God will never leave you vacuum. He will supply all your needs. If you need a mom, you don't have one, he'll give you one. It doesn't have to be biological. That's why I can adopt children and raise them. It doesn't have to be biological. So those people that play father's role in your life are your fathers. And then <clears throat> you have uh, the vital role of a father. Let me even mention it. The role of a father in the home cannot be overemphasized. There is no doubt the fathers, just like mothers, play a very pivotal role in the lives of their children, their family, and society in general. A father provides the needs of the family, and provides protection for the family, sees to the physical and spiritual welfare of the family. A father is a leader and the head of his home, guides them, teaches them, models, life for them, lays foundation in the word of God for them. Abraham is called father of faith because God used him as an example to model how to trust God. So he became a father of faith. A father models life. Models life. You know, I remember some time ago, my, my, my son, when he came to me, he said, Daddy, your life changed me. He said, watching you change my life. I mean, that alone can keep me going another 20 years. That's a wonderful, that your son will come to you and hug you and look in the eye and say, Daddy, your life, what? Change. Just watching you. Just watching you. That's what fathers do. You don't have to talk a lot. You model it. Because what people see, at the point it will get into their spirit. What they see. Action also speaks. So Abraham in Genesis 18, 17, and the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. 
for I have known him. See what God said, testimony he gave about somebody. In order that he may, that he may command his children and his households after him, that they keep the way of the Lord, to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken. He said the reason this man is going to be great is that he is a faithful father. He's going to bring my word to his family so that the covenant I will establish with him will continue after his, after his left, after he's gone. After he's gone. There are covenants, there are things that God is doing in your life that he wants to continue your children. Wants to continue them in your children. So we call him father of faith because he modeled faith to us. Now, spiritual leaders qualify as our fathers too. Your pastor is your father. Not only your senior pastor, all the pastors that, that uh, teach you and lead you, they qualify as your spiritual fathers. And then the women qualify as your mothers too. So 1 Corinthians 6, 15, I mean, 1 Corinthians 4, 6, 15, for three, though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have you not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel, I'm your father. You can listen to anybody you want to, but when, it come, when, when the chiefs are down, I am what? I'm your father. Last Sunday, we were having a meeting, and my son, when you can say to us, I said, God spoke to me. He said, don't neglect what is coming from you, this, this pulpit. He said, focus on what is coming out of this pulpit. Listen to it. And he said, since I started doing that, he said, my life changed. See, God is not confused. It's not an utter confusion. Because Jesus came in the way and he said, make them sit in 50s. That's the church, sit in 50s. You stay in your sheepfold. And God places a leader over. He said, the Lord told me. He said, stop blessing all this blessing. You're getting all over the place. And another sister told us that God told her the same thing. He said, don't neglect what is coming out of this pulpit. Listen to it. Because I placed a pastor over you. There is no authority but of God. There is no authority but of God. No man take this honor. What? unto himself. So your pastor qualifies as your father. You cannot feel that you don't have a father. A father. If you're in a church, you have a father. You have a father. All the pastors that go use them to, to bless you, help you, be there for you. So the Bible says, for do, Paul said, you have only, I've begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore, I beseech you, be ye followers of me. He said, don't listen to all these people. Just listen to me now. Follow what I'm teaching you. Because I'm your father. You know, it's so serious to be a pastor. I refused to be a pastor for 10 years. I refused. The thing gave me high blood pressure. I, if I give you the number, you won't believe it. I'm walking on the road, my hair be spinning around like this. Every time somebody, and people will come in and harassing me. People who don't know me, they'll come to my house and say, if you're not a pastor, you'll be disappointed. So where is it coming from? I mean, people who don't know me, they have no idea of my life. They just say, if you're not a pastor, you'll be disappointed. And then we went to a life center one time. One Dr. Babalola, I think he's late now, retired at the time. The first time I heard somebody speak in tongue, because in our church, they were not teaching it. He started to speak in tongue and to interpret. <laughs> I was me. He said, God created you to be a pastor. 
That's what God created you for. And that's what you do in your life. All this pharmacy you read is, is worthless. I've never had tongues and interpretation. The first time I did, it's me they are talking about. So I started to sweat again. From that life center to my house, I thank God I wasn't hit by a car because my mind wasn't there anymore. I didn't want this thing. I fought it. I offered God 90% of my income to leave, leave me alone. I did. I went to the church. I wrote names of seven people, including my wife. I said, Lord, these are, they are gentle. See, she, she doesn't even talk. You know, she's gentle. And I gave all these names. I said, Lord, you made a mistake. I picked me. Me of all people. I said, no, these people are better. Let me be their usher. Let me be anything. Anything you want, but I don't want to pass. The day I changed was the day the Lord said to me, he said, if you don't want to serve me, I will leave you alone, but I will never call you in your life again. Never. I will not call you in your life anymore. And immediately I walked in, my wife said to me, she didn't even know. He said, my husband, please, let's serve Jesus. She had cried over this. That was when I went to pastor's meeting reluctantly. But now you can't take it away from me. Because you see thousands, of many lives being changed. You see what God is doing in life, people's lives. It's more rewarding than anything else. Just seeing what God is doing. In. Hasn't God been touching your lives? Uh, talk to me now. Yeah. It's more rewarding. It's painful. It has pains. Because not everybody listens to you. But God has a way of comforting you. True people. And they don't know when you need that comfort. They come and speak into your life. They have no idea what's good. So Paul said, I'm your father. I've begun to hear the gospel. I preach this gospel to you. So your spiritual leaders are your fathers. Even the people that are like um, heads of ministries, you know, elderly people, they are your fathers in the church. They are your fathers too. So that's why they put this Father's Day is awesome because it means that they recognize the need to honor fathers, the need to remember fathers. And God also wants us to honor our father and our mother. In fact, every person that ought to be honored, the elderly, our leaders, even political leaders, they need to be honored. They need to be honored. In Proverbs 23, verse 22, Listen to your father who gave you life. And don't despise your mother when she is old. This is God talking. Listen to your father who gave you life. And don't despise your mother when she's old. God says, I want you to honor them. In Romans 13, 7. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom. Fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. This is God talking. We should give honor to whom honor is due. First Timothy 5, verse 1. Rebuke not an elder. You don't rebuke an elderly person. You don't do that. Rebuke not what? An elder. Don't do that. But entreat him as a father. Talk to elderly people like they are your age mates. And treat him as a father. And the younger men as brethren, the elder women as mothers. As mothers. The younger and younger 
the, the younger are sisters with all purity. First Timothy 5.17 says, Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. They should be counted worthy of double what? Honor. This is God speaking. Hebrew 13.17, Obey your spiritual fathers and leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Then give them reason to do this with joy, not with sorrow. Why? That will certainly not be for your own benefit. He said, I won't bless you. The blessing will cut off. I won't bless you. What you don't honor will not bless you. I keep saying it. He won't bless you no matter what you don't honor, he's not going to bless you. It won't happen. So God says, hey, don't let them do this with sorrow because it will benefit too. That blessing that will come from head of head on is not going to flow. Because you're not honoring the person I sent. Jesus said, if they reject you, they reject me and reject my father. It's, it's a line like that. And there are very, many great benefits in honoring your father and your mom and the elders. Proverbs 1.8, my child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. This is God talking. What you learn from them will crown you with grace and be a chain of honor around your neck. You people know, some of you know, watch every family and watch those children that honor their parents. Just watch and see what happens. It's, it's common. Go to the Bible and watch those people. Watch Elisha following Elijah. Watch it everywhere. Watch Timothy and Paul. That anointing has a work of transfer. By association, has a work transfer. That blessing has a work transfer. What? I'm not telling you what you do. Watch every family. And what those children that are always honoring their parents. Am I telling a lie here? Watch them. Keep watching. Just keep watching. Watch their future. When God says to do something, God knows everything. He knows everything. He knows, he knows the best. The best thing is to just listen to him. So he says, Ephesians 6, 3, Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Who said this? You don't know who said it? Who said this? God. He says, you want this thing? Do this one. God, our Father, wants us to honor him too. Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the fruit, first fruits of all thy increase. Say, don't give me things like a houseboy. Say, if you want to give me something, I'm God. He said, give it to your leader and see if it honors your leader before you bring it to him. God says, I want, you've not got to honor me. I'm God Almighty. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruit of all thy increase. He said, if you do this, so shall thy bounds be filled with plenty and thy praise shall burst out with new wine. 
John 5, 22. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son. All men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father which has sent him. Now you see, the, nat- the, the carnal man, the natural tendency of man is to forget the good things people do. What we remember easily is the bad thing they do. And we are not going to let it go. All the good things we don't remember. Seize it. But God says, we do that to him too. We do that to him too. Psalm 103 verse 2. Let all that I, I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. We sing it, count your blessings and what? Name them. But when, we are, when, the, when our head charges, we forget all of that and murmur along and, you know, complain. But God said, no, count your, don't forget my goodness. We do that. When people have been good to you, you have a father, you have a mother who nurtured you. When you were very vulnerable, very vulnerable, they nurtured you. They paid great price to bring you up, to feed you, to clothe you, take care of you, did all that for years. Now you're grown. You don't need them. They become nothing. <laughs> they, don't mean they don't know what they're doing. That is the nature of the fallen man. It's very, very selfish. And honor is huge with God. Honor, very huge with God. First Samuel 2.20. Wherefore, the Lord God of Israel said, I said indeed that thy house, see God promised him, oh, this is God promised him. But he lost it because he didn't honor God. Listen to this. Wherefore, the Lord God of Israel said, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father shall walk before me forever. I said it. I'm not denying. That's what I said. But now the Lord said, be it far from me. You won't see it. It's not going to happen. For them that honor me, I will what? And they that despise me shall be lightly. You say, you're out. It's not going to happen. I promise you that. But you, won't see. you see why he said, I know Abraham. He will honor me. So that this covenant will continue. So I know him. We live in the world of disrespect. The culture, the very present culture in which we live, especially in the Western world, is a culture of disrespect. They wear it as, wear it as a badge of honor. I was in a pastor's meeting, and then this man just came back from Africa, from Nigeria. So he came to me, Pastor Chini, come, 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 I want to talk to you. He said, man, the kind of honor I was giving. I said, that's our culture. The man bent down. He almost cried. He said, Pastor Chini, we lost it. He said, many years ago, America used to be like that. He said, we lost it. Completely lost it. He said, I came back, I was ashamed of our culture. The culture in which we live now is a culture that basks in disrespect and dishonor and pride and arrogance. Your children talk to you anyhow. What they think is the noun thing. It's the spirit of Absalom. Look at 2 Timothy 3. 
you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, there will be very difficult times for everybody. Verse 2, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents. And ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. Nothing. Is that spirit of Absalom? So when you are immersed in this kind of culture of disrespect, as a Christian, you must fortify your faith and take your ground to live the life that God called you to what? To live. That will be different. You can't influence people unless you are different. You cannot. Remember one of the youths here. What is Kevin? Is it downstairs? Or downstairs. We saw some youths that came here, sat already after service, my wife and her team awesome team. They went to meet them. They said the reason we came to this church is because of Kevin. They say we walk in the same place. But this boy's life has challenged all of us. And we've been watching him. He didn't preach to us. Not, but we were watching him. We followed him to church. They sat there. Followed him, sat there. If you are not different, you can't make any, you can't bring any. If you are like everybody else, who will notice you? You preach the gospel, they laugh at you. You need to be different. The world is seeking for a different person. Because they are really tired of, they know what they are doing doesn't work. You need to be different. You need to. And you have to endure hardship and then salt to be different. We, we, this is not a wishy-washy time we are in. The devil is out to destroy as many nations as he can. And he's doing it before our eyes. Destroying churches, destroying sacred, no sacredness. People take the Bible, throw it by the side, and be doing what they like in the church. Do you manage this that is, God said this abomination in my sight? Ephesians 4.17. With the lost authority, I say this. Live no longer, live no longer as the Gentiles do. Don't, co co don't copy them. You end like them. It says, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because... They have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against God. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Can I hear amen? 21. Since you have heard about Jesus... I have learned the truth that comes from him. Throw off you this your old sinful nature now and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. I, I, I read a young girl was pleading with girls. He said, all this, all this immoral life is worthless. He said, there is no single benefit out of it. 
He was pleading. He said, you can't, no, no. Look, if you want to get married, respect yourself. Men want to marry respectable women. Respect what? Close your leg. Lock the key. Throw it into the ocean. The man will respect you. Men, am I lying? That man will respect you. Marriage, you are entering into something for life. You have to have a good standing. You have to have a good standing. You don't sell yourself cheap and expect respect tomorrow. Tomorrow, if you say, you say, is it not the way I married you? Are you going to sit down? Are you different? Who cost it? Huh? You sold yourself cheap. You can't cover. You devalued yourself. Put yourself where God placed you. Keep your value up high there. Let him pay for it. Let him work for it. Let him pray and fast. When you walk into that home, if you want, if you want him to make the bed, he will make the bed. Because he knows what it cost him. But this one is different from others. Dare to be different. We are called to be peculiar. Can I hear amen? amen? We are called to be what? Peculiar. But you pay the price because you'll be persecuted. But stand and be peculiar. They will know that what you are doing is the right thing. They will all start sneaking back to you to seek your advice. They will do that. But if you're patient, if you stay with it. So we're called, he said, don't be, don't be doing these things they're doing. Disrepair the appearance you do. Do this, we do. Because it's a noun thing. What's the noun thing? Don't you see how the society is? Don't you see what is happening? Romans 12, 1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Because of all he has done for you, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Don't copy it. Do not copy it. Keep going. Keep doing what they do. Don't copy it. Their God is a devil. He's a wicked spirit. He loves nobody. He has no good plan for anybody. Honoring people come out of love and humility. You know, somebody you love, you will always honor. It's natural. If you love somebody, you find it difficult to dishonor the person because you place a lot of value on that person. It's natural. If you humble yourself before somebody, you will never dishonor that person. It's natural. If you don't love somebody, you dishonor him because I have no value for that. If you are proud against somebody, you will not, you will not honor that person. You will, not, you will not see anything the reason you should honor the person. So honoring comes out of living a life of the love of God. Everything comes out of it. Lord help comes out of it. It comes out of it. All the quarrel you have in your family between husband and wife is because people are kind of simple. Just have, don't, have, don't bring in your explanation. What they're living is not coming out of Christ. It's coming out of their flesh and sensual knowledge and all this. Kind. That's it. 
There is nobody that lives this life that comes out of Christ who will not honor the wife, honor the husband, who will not forgive because Christ forgives naturally. Naturally. It's his nature. See what Jesus did for us. We were sinners. He honored us. Because he loved honors. He honored us. Because he loves us. He honored us. God himself came down, kept his position, everything that made him God, came here and honored you and me to lift us from a position of, of shame and bring us to where he is. Brought us to a place of honor, lifted us up to sit with him where? Heavenly places. What greater honor is that? He honored us. Because that's his life. If you live that life, you will honor everybody. Even those you think are bad. No, no. You walk to. <sighs> Do you know what Holy Communion means? When, you, when Jesus gave that blood and gave that cup, you entered into that covenant that your life would be used to pull people up to. You gave him your life so that God will use it to pull people what? Up to. That's what you did. You honor people. <sighs> Ephesians 2, 6. And had raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He lifted us up and made us sit with him. Who was lifted up? Sinners. <laughs> Enemies of God in their heart. People were living in adultery, fornication, committing abortion, lying all over the place. He died for us to clean us up. Clean us up. And bring us to honor. And say, sit with God. That's his life. If that life controls you, you would do that for anybody else. You don't have to be preached to. It comes standard. It comes natural. That's what I told you. I said, Lord, you need to, <laughs> to help me. Lord, this revelation, I'm going to get it. It's not, Christianity is not, I'm, I'm better. <laughs> let, me, let me work hard and be better. That's religion. Christianity is entirely new life. Christ in you, the hope of what? It's Christ living in you and manifesting himself through you. It's not you. That's why Paul said, it's no longer I that live. Christianity is not. If it, Paul would have said, okay, I'm doing better. No, he said, it's no longer I that live. It's not about improving on Paul. He said, Christ is the one now living. That's Christianity. It's so different from any other religion. So different. Not the same. So he honored us because the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave us what? So. John 13, 34, it says, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. He said, this love that made me pull you up, I want you to have it to others so you can pull them up and leave them better than you met them. Pull them up if you let me. I will use you to pull them up at your own expense. That's why I say carry your own cross too. Follow me. 
Because the way I died for you, you're going to lay your life down for others so that I can do the work I want to do in their lives. I have to use somebody. Praise the Lord. Are you following me? So he says in Titus 2.1, to speak evil of no man. Because when I came here, I didn't condemn you. I was not speaking about your, the iniquity you are doing. Speak evil of no man. To be no brawler. Don't fight. Don't quarrel. Be gentle. Showing all meekness unto all men. That's how you honor people. He said, this is my love that I gave you. Let it control you so that you can love them the way I loved you. I, I never came to condemn you. You are evil. I know that. I didn't come to talk about it. I came to save you. Came to give you honor. You don't deserve it. Galatians 16. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone. Especially to those in the family of faith. That's how you know a spiritual Christian. It's not spiritual gift doesn't make you it doesn't even make you mature. Because Corinthian church were very, very carnal people, they had a lot of spiritual gifts. A spiritual person is a person in whom Christ has maximum manifestation of his life. So Paul said this, 2 Corinthians 5.14. Either way, Christ's love controls us now. <laughs> See, that's in love that made him pull me from shame to glory. It's now controlling me too. The other way, Christ's love controls us since we believe that Christ died for all. We also believe that we too have all died to the old life. 15, he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life, those who receive his new life, not those who people trying to be a little better, better, better. No, 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 leave that better thing. Those who receive this new life, receive Christ into their life. Those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. No more. No more. The Bible said, once you die, you are done with sin. They shall no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. He said, that's what changes the equation. Received Christ. He said, you stop living for yourself. Because this new life controls you. This love controls you. This love controls you. We all know that the, the major problem we have as Christians is our flesh. In Galatians 5.17, it said, For the flesh lost against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things you wish. Ah, you have had that someone who was supposed to honor. I want to, but you find you are not doing it. You are not doing it. They said, if wishes were horses, even beggars were... We ride them. So what do we do to this flesh that will not let me honor people, will not let me forgive people, will always count what they did wrong, will not see the good things they are doing, speaks evil of people, gossips everywhere, that will go and take a cloth, they won't pay for it, and it's taking more. Let me pause here. 
The Bible says, I don't know if you read it, that greedy people are idol worshippers. Have you ever read it? It's in your Bible. So you know who you are. We laugh about these things, but you can't change the Bible. It describes you as an idol worshiper. Because they say they worship self. They are very selfish. So this flesh is, that's the flesh manifest. Anyway, you say people quarrel, quarreling, it's the flesh. <laughs> Stop burying yourself. It's the flesh. It is that flesh, that, that sinful nature of man. That's the one the Paul is talking about. It won't let you. It will rubbish your, your testimony as a Christian. Mess it up. But you know what God did? Everybody look up here. Let me tell you something. You see, the, the, the goal of our salvation, listen to me, it's not just to forgive our sins. It's not just to forgive sins. Because we talk, yeah, this, yeah, our sins are forgiven. But the goal of our salvation, what God had in mind, where this whole thing is, was going, is to put you in a place of dominion. That's the goal of our salvation. Because if you don't have dominion, your flesh won't let you live the life of God. Won't let you. And God knows that. Say so what the flesh could, what the law could not do. The law could not put man in a place of dominion. He said, God now did. Sent his son to bring you, put you where he is, and give you the authority of heaven, give you the power of heaven, give you the presence of God with his spirit in you, and send you back to that flesh and say, that flesh is no more your master. Come on. Are you getting my point here? That's the goal of salvation. And many people don't understand that plan that God made. You know, when he created Adam, you want to see what God did. You go back and look at Adam. The first thing God gave him is dominion. Because if he didn't have it, he cannot fulfill divine purpose in that garden. He needed to have it. He lost it. And Christ came back, restored it to us. And Jesus was having this conversation with them. And then they said, ah, you're making yourself God. He said, ah, is, it, is it a problem? God himself said, you are God. <laughs> so why should, they, why should you quarrel with me because I say I, I, I'm, a, I'm a son of God? He said, God himself said, you are what? God. That's the mo- one of the most powerful statements in that Bible is that God looked at you and said, you are God. You need your eyes to be opened and to understand that statement. If you understand it, sin, flesh will never rule you again. And in the same vein, sickness will rule you again. Devil will rule you again. Everything is under your feet because you are God. You are God. Look at it now, John chapter 10, verse 30. You know, I said to the Lord, you need to help me here because this, are you following me? Awesome, awesome, we're doing great. John 10, 30. I and my father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again, again to stone him because when you start saying things like this, unbelieving Pentecostal believers, Pharisees, they will start persecuting you. Say, who do you think you are? I am who God says. So he says, in the verse 32, Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my father. For which of these works do you stone me? 
Which what? They said, the Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy. And because that, that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? Is it not in the Bible? <laughs> I said, You are God. So, is it not written in the Bible? Is it not what God called? Us. Jesus, can we read that 34 together? I want to go. Jesus, uh-uh, because some of you are not come. Everybody should read it. Come on, let's go. I want to go. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? I said, Ye are. God. Who said it? God. He says, You know what God said? Why are you persecuting me? Why? He said, God said it. Verse 35, if he called them gods, unto whom the word of God has come, has the word of God come to you? Has the gospel come to you? Okay. He said, if you call them gods, unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. 36, say ye of him whom the father has sanctified, are you not sanctified in Christ? Whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world, did God, Christ not send you to the world? Come on, church. Sent into the world, that blasphemy because I said, I'm a son of God. <laughs> What's the problem? A son of God is God. A son, a son of a, a lion is what? Lion. Some of you are confused looking at me. So the Bible says we live our life by acting like God. Can you imagine God not being in dominion? You know, that's why we allow all, all manner of things crawl over. Oh, Jesus. Crawl. You know, Jesus sat at the, at the tomb of Lazarus. He wept. He looked at men that God said, you are God. Who should be controlling even death, being eaten by maggot? He wept. This is not the plan of God for mankind. You're not supposed to be eaten by maggot. Because when he created Adam, he gave him authority even over Magot. Every creation of God was under that man's control. How come Magot is eating Adam? Jesus wept. It's like you have a very beautiful, costly cloth being dragged in the mud. He wept. He broke his heart. God's best creation is man. Being eaten by maggots. A man who's supposed to be in authority. Do you know how many maggots eat up a lot of Christians? Maggot of flesh, anger, irritation, resentment. All these maggots. Gossip, immorality. All these maggots. Sleeplessness, they can't sleep, anxiety. All manner of maggots eating human beings. That God said, I've restored you to dominion. Why should maggots eat you? I took you from where you are and made you sit with me in heavenly places. Far above those maggots, 
every name that is named. Name that name. You are above it. You are God. You are God. Ephesians 5, verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God. Be what? So how, can you imagine how God is living? If I'm supposed to imitate God, then I'm supposed to act in dominion like God. Come on. Can you imagine God without dominion? Can you imagine anything that is dominating God? If I'm imitating God, then I should live at the level of God where because I'm seated with God, you are God, you are God, tap your neighbor and say he's talking to you. Uh, tap your neighbor and say he's talking to you. You are God. Am I not supposed to? How can I act like God if I don't have the dominion of God? Tell me how. Because we don't understand Christianity. We don't live in the glory that Jesus gave us. Paul understood dominion very well. He said, I cannot be brought under the power of what? Anything. He said, nothing will control me. He said, my flesh, I put my flesh what? Under control. I put it where it belongs. It's not going to control me. Because we reign in Christ. Did I come across? Are you still watching me? I didn't come from the moon. What we're teaching is a Bible. Is a Bible. Okay. Look up here. You are talking. When Jesus came, you accepted Christ. You accepted God. Am I right? Am I right? When you accepted him, he joined his spirit with your spirit. You, you acquired divine nature. What does he mean you have the term divine nature? You are God's. God created a hybrid of man and God and looked at him and said, you are God. Because you have the divine nature. That, divi- that Christ in you, the hope of glory, that Christ in you is what changes every equation of your life. Because you have God within you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's not just jargon, it's the truth. Have the temple of the Holy Spirit is in you. In you. In you, and he says to you, act like him. Act what? Because he's been conjoined with you. His strength has become your strength. His authority has become your authority. His position has become your position. You are one with him. If I'm one with him, is it wrong when God says you are God? How many of you have divine nature? Can I hear amen? If you have divine nature, why do you allow my gods to eat you? Why? We are called to glory. <laughs> Listen, you know the reason. If you don't believe the word of God, you will not experience this dominion. Because dominion is exercised only through faith. That's why the scripture says that, that faith is your victory. Did, have you read it before? Ah, faith is what? What is he saying? He's saying that faith is your dominion. It's faith that brings you into dominion. But unbelief and doubt will make you lose that. You won't manifest that dominion. You go into fear and those muggles will drain over you. 
Did you know what the scripture says? Sin shall have no what? Dominion over. Why is it having? Partly it's ignorance. You don't know these things. You don't expect them. You don't practice them. It's doubt. It's unbelief. And people who are in doubt and don't believe live in fear. I don't care how you talk about it. That's true. They live in fear. And when they live in fear, they live in, with Adam mindset. God says, Adam, where? He said, I'm afraid of you now. Because they won't believe that they have been sanctified in Christ. They won't believe. Jesus said, how can you call those God has sanctified? And God has sent it to the world. How can you say they are not? God said they are God's. They don't believe they are sanctified in Christ. So the spirit of Adam rules them. When you say, hey, you have dominion, he says, me. <laughs> and all the magos will be eating. That's why the Bible says, those who don't believe that they are righteous, they can't reign. It says, those who believe and receive the gift of what? Righteousness. They are the ones that reign on earth. Because faith is your dominion. Dominion is victory. Victory is dominion. God created us for dominion. He placed us in a place of what? Dominion. So that you can dominate your flesh and act like God so the kingdom of God will be established through you. For the kingdom is in you. Praise the Lord. You see why I started, I said, Lord, you need to help me. I don't know. Did I give you too much? If you understood this, shout Hallelujah. Go home and listen to this. Take your Bible, study it. If you ever open, let me tell you, if it ever opens in your spirit, your life will just like that. You will never allow anything to dominate you again. You can stand in your house and decree things. You will never, never allow my God anymore. What? Come, oh, I like one of our sisters. Last Sunday I came to church. Man, we had this wonderful meeting. She shared with me the story of dominion. I was very excited. It's a pastor. The devil came and attacked my whole house. I came with the whole family. They attacked my whole house and I asked my son, I said, how do you want to deal with this? He said, I'm standing with God. This solution is right here. He said, we fought them. Hey, man, I, I felt like doing some dance. He said, pastor, we stood our ground. We refused to yield dominion. We stood and fought them off and everything proved disappeared. He said, we're here to thank God. You have to exercise your dominion. It's given to you. It is in your hand. What you do with it is up to Quote me, everywhere you see a Christian being defeated, it's ignorant. Nothing. If you see them fighting, quarreling, getting angry, throwing tantrums, they're ignorant Christians. My God, sir, just messing them up. Jesus wept. He really wept. He broke his heart. That man is not supposed to be eaten by maggots. He looked at a woman and said, this woman is a daughter of Abraham. Why shouldn't she be free? He said, you ought to be free. That thing is not supposed to control you. Because you have a covenant of Abraham. Every maggot in your life must go. Can I hear Amen. Let's bow our history. I want you to pray. 